So into it. Are you? Balls deep into yeah. it. Oh. Yeah. Balls deep. So, hey. like, ball. You know what? I'm not going to say it. Never mind. We can't talk about I'm this. I'm going to refrain. Right now. No, I know. That's why I I mean, we want... can, but. Oh, God bless hey, it. Noelle's mom, earmuffs. Oh, she doesn't listen to these. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, so we She's not paying for this. Whatever the fuck we want. Balls deep like that dude's going to be in you in an hour. Ha! (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) Noelle's going to get dicked down by a real studly dude. Oh, my God. Y'all, I said it to both of you before. I don't understand the science behind gray sweatpants, but God bless them. <laughs> when they are worn by a hot 25-year-old gay. You do Ooh. what you gotta do, boo girl. Ooh. Get it done. Ooh. Goodness. Well, get welcome. it in. Get it out. Welcome to your second get Patreon episode, guys. Yeah. Patreon number two. Patreon. Patreon part two. Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, because hey. it's a Patreon episode, the drinking game rules uh, apply double. The, yes. <laughs> They apply. You guys have to drink extra. more for everyone because you pay for it. Yep. You do. Or less. Nope. No. <laughs> I agree. I thought I'm like, no, more. Yeah. Someone's going to die because of us. I know. And then press charges. Please it's going to be my no. fault. They can haunt us and live here in yeah, the studio. That's fine. They can be the permanent guest forever. I live here. <laughs> this is my house. Oh. <laughs> Although when we move, it'll just stay with whoever's here. It's no. not going to follow me. No, they'll follow us around. No. But uh, so yes, welcome to Patreon part. Welcome to the clusterfuck. Oh boy, that is about to be your second Patreon oh. episode. Okay, Yo. so oh, <laughs> we mentioned it on the episode. You may have already heard today. Um, yeah, if you yeah. listened to Same the day. regular episode today, then you heard us talk about it briefly. I also posted about it. On Monday, yes, which you is did. technically today, you're listening on Wednesday. It's a whole time travel, time warp thing. Uh, yet we had to postpone recording last week. Danielle was injured. The, the devil was living in my neck slash shoulder, mm-hmm. so so mm-hmm. we had to, had to reschedule. So Physical therapist. Go. Yep. See, her. I'm old. Well, also you work with your. It's my job. Yeah. Arms a lot. Um. She cuts hair. I do. Sometimes shit's like, hey, guess what? I'm just going to get into a whole fucking ordeal right here. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, so we, but also it was kind of a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Because uh, this fucking story, ooh, I've rage quit. Several times. Working on this. Several so times. times. I've written this story for well over a week. Um, <laughs> Same. I'm just like, I don't want to look at it anymore. This story is a testament to how much... We love you. It truly fucking is. Our patrons, because this story... Oh, God. It's one we, we all know. We thought um, it would be... We thought we knew. Easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl murder. Yes. No. Um, but it wasn't. It was... Um, difficult. This, difficult. It was, this was the hardest story I have ever put together, because, as you will come to learn, there... Not this, due to the content. Yeah, this... This case, there's literally a very tiny, on one hand, handful of actual facts. Yep. The rest is... Conjecture. Yeah, that's that's the word. Um, and, you know, just when you think you've found a good rabbit hole to go down, you go to another site, and it's completely contradictory. So, yep. there's several books, 
There's a movie soon to be out starring hot-ass Leonardo DiCaprio. So today... I didn't know that. Our darling patrons. Uh, I think it's... Is it a Scorsese? Yes. Scorsese's doing it? Scorsese and DiCaprio. Wow. So that's... It's been rumored for years and years. I didn't know that. So uh, today, our darling patrons, we have for you the story of... The devil in the white city himself. H.H. Holmes, y'all. This motherfucker. This (laughs) motherfucker. (laughs) So, yeah. um, Where's he been referenced? Huh? Where's he been referenced? Like, what what illusions do we have of him? Well, so, American Horror Story Hotel. James March. Uh, James March was fashioned after, yes. His... In my opinion, greatest role ever. Yeah, Evan B- oh, James March, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was one hundred percent based on AJ Holmes. One hundred percent. Yeah. As well as the hotel itself, yeah. you know, they mm-hmm. took from several. There was yeah. the Cecil, Cecil um, and then AJ Holmes's Murder Castle. And he does love Hotel California. Sure, fucking does. So <laughs> um, <laughs> he does. He really does. I think. What did I say? A third of. American Horror Stories reference American Horror Story. Yeah. Yeah, reference dying in a place and not being able to leave them. Yeah. And he always references the Eagles. Yeah, he's fucking And the the song itself has been in more than one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Um, Yeah, so we're going to talk about H.H. Holmes. We sure are. That um, fucking guy. I told Dee yesterday or the day before, could have been today, I haven't been sleeping again, so I don't know days anymore. Um, that's why I was fucking jacked on caffeine yesterday. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, but I was like, I want to go back in time and punch that guy in his fucking dick. And she's like, no. I'm like, no, not because. I was of like, me. yeah, I mean, at this at this juncture, I don't give a fuck what he did. And I'm, I'm like, just sick of writing about him because yeah, I, I was like, it's so hard to research yeah. when everything is just so contradictory and I was like, conjecture. I don't, don't want to go back in time to punch him in the dick because of what he did. I mean, it was shitty. I just want to go back and punch him in the dick for making it so hard on me <laughs> to do this right now. And that was exactly how I felt, too. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to just start this off by saying something that, you know, some of you might not be comfortable with. But H.H. Mm. H. Holmes, he, could he was fuck, hot. He could fucking get it. Oh, yeah? He was hot as hell. He could get it. He was hot. And that's not just because... And that's... See, she said it first. He was hot. She said it first, so it's not just me being horny on Maine. It's just a fucking <laughs> no. fact. H.H. H. Holmes was a good-looking man. And again, that's... It made it easier it for him to it, do what he did. It made it so easy for him see, to do See, they shouldn't have gotten Leonardo DiCaprio. They should have got Chris Pine. Chris Pine's almost identical to this dude. That's fucking true. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, got... but it's DiCaprio, and you know he's going to slay it. Oh, DiCaprio yeah. DiCaprio You put that mustache on oh, him. Oh, yeah. You put that mustache on him, and he's he's going to... Melt pants Yeah, faces. he always has and always anyway. So we re- here we go. Let's do this. And, and again, before we begin, there are a number of men in this story that historically could get it. None of them were ugly. No. <laughs> None of them were ugly. No. So there's that. Just a bunch of yeah. hot criminals. <laughs> um, We're fine. We don't have a problem. <laughs> Not at all. Also, um, g- but then again, I think about it. Wyatt Earp and Doc oh, Holliday. God bless it. Both of them now. Criminals? Oh. I'm into it. Yeah. Uh, we like criminals on the right side of the law that have well, a certain moral flexibility. I mean, 
Okay, except, which I appreciate, except for the fact that definitely not H. H. Holmes. No, uh, his moral flexibility knew no bounds. There, there, <laughs> there was, was no. There was morals. no. There was nary, <laughs> nary a moral, a moral, nary a moral, nary, not nary, a one, nary a moral bone in his body. Nope. Um, and Ooh. this is another thing that we discussed last night. Yes. And um, I'm just going to start this out by saying, I this is our opinion, and yes. I'm going to go ahead and say it's fact. H. H. Holmes. <laughs> Was not crazy. Absolutely not. This was not a crazy person. This was a cold, calculating, methodical fucking psychopath. He knew exactly what he was doing. This was not an insane person. Nope. The things he did, some would say, oh my God, that's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. They were awful. It's it's not a thing that a normal... Person. Rational human Rational, person exactly. would do. But he wasn't crazy. He was not. This is not a crazy it's person. It's very different from the story you'll also listen to today about Ed Gein. Yes. Ed Gein. Was crazy. Not sane. Not a rational human person. H.H. H. Holmes. Was, he had a psychotic break. Yeah. H.H. H. Holmes knew and planned everything. He was step. very methodical in everything oh. he did. So I am starting out today... There was a hair on my microphone. It kept getting. And in my I mouth. have for y'all H. H. Holmes part un. Part un. Part un. 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 And I'm going to start this off uh, with a quote from the devil himself. Yep. I was born with the devil in me. I could not help the fact I was a murderer more than a poet can help the inspiration to sing. That is a direct quote from Mr. Holmes himself. Yes, it is. H. H. Holmes was a con artist, a bigamist. And one of America's first serial killers, or at least one of the most famous. <laughs> which? Wow. Which? What you doing over there? I don't know what's happening, but I like it. <laughs> what you doing over there? My phone exploded. Porn? I was. No. <laughs> no, 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 I was not. That's like the time Lizzo screamed at me when I was trying to get right? something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the handsome psychopath was known as the Beast of Chicago, and is believed to have killed. Between 20 and 200 people. That is a really broad a big gap. spectrum. Yeah. That's a we'll huge get there. leap. He confessed to 27 people, but some that he had claimed to have killed turned up very much alive. So H.H. H. Holmes, like all con artists, was a fucking liar. Mm. Full of shit. You don't say. Right. Herman Webster Mudgett was born... May 16th, 1861. Oh, no. What? Another Taurus. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Ugh, him and Albert Fish. Yep. In Gilmanton, New Hampshire, to Levi Horton Mudgett and Theodate Page Price. What an unfortunate last name. Mudgett? Mudgett. Mudgett. Right. He was the third-born child. He had an older sister, Ellen, an older brother, Arthur, and a younger brother, Henry, and a younger sister, Mary. He was like smack dab in that middle. Mm-hmm. The Mudgets were an affluent family. Herman had a privileged childhood and was an unusually intelligent child, which I'm assuming is a nice way of saying creepy as fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the the spectrum, uh-huh. opposite ends. We've got Ed Gein, unsettling as fuck, mm-hmm. because, again, to quote back in the day, he a little slow. A little slow. And then we've got fucking Doogie Holmes over here. Herman. 
Herman was uh, unusually intelligent. Mm. His father was an alcoholic, and his mother preached Bible scripture at the children. The family were devout Methodists. Again. Again. Weird as fuck. So not a whole lot is known about his childhood, at least not facts, because he wasn't honest about much of anything. Mm-hmm. But it is believed that he was bullied by his classmates, most likely because he was a fucking weirdo. Um, according to Holmes himself, he said that when he was around 13 years old, some classmates knew he was afraid of the doctor, so they forced him to touch the medical skeleton at the doctor's office. But instead of the freak out they had hoped for, he became a little obsessed with death, which then led him to be interested in becoming a doctor. His next step, naturally, was to perform surgeries on animals. My guess is unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some accounts have him responsible for the death of a childhood friend. When he was 11 years old, him and one of his little homies were... Tom. Tom, up on the roof of a building. Tom fell off that building. Mm-hmm. So now looking back, they're like, but Maybe. did he? Mm-hmm. Right. Or was Will Herman close enough to push him? Yeah, like like Macaulay Culkin in The Bad Seed. Oh, oh, The Good Son. The Good Son. But, I mean, the, dude, the Bad Seed. Dude, dude version <laughs> of The Bad Seed. Sure, that's what I meant. I knew, I knew where you were going So Herman that. graduated high school at 16 and took teaching jobs in town and later in the nearby town of Alton, which is where he met his first love, Clara Lovering. Aww. They were married on July 4th, 1878. Patriotic. And, and their son Robert was born February 3rd, 1880. That's when he went to apprentice with Dr. White back in Gilmanton at the very same office the bullies drug him into earlier. He apprenticed for a year and then went to a medical school in Burlington, Vermont. Clara and baby Robert stayed with her family. While in Vermont, he started a relationship with the daughter of the owner of the boarding house he stayed at which didn't last too long because his roommate informed her father that Herman Mudgett was already married. Herman beat his roommate's ass for that one. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming his weirdness must have started to show when his landlady noticed a horrible stench coming from his room. She went to check it out and she found a dead baby under his bed. Herman said it was homework. You can't see my air quotes, but I'm doing them for his dissection class. He was warned not to bring his work home again, and he left not long after that because he had been accepted to the University of Michigan. So he grabs Clara and baby Robert, and off they all go. It was 1882. He was 21 years old, and he enrolled under the name H.H. Holmes. And that was the beginning of it all. Herman and Clara moved into a boarding house in Ann Arbor, and pretty quickly things went south. The other tenants would hear them fighting a lot, and Claire often had black eyes. At some point, she'd had enough and bounced back to her parents' house. There was no divorce, though, and she really didn't hear much from him over the years after that. She did not. So, with no family to tie him down, he threw himself into his studies, dissection being his fave. He started to bring dead babies home again so he could practice over spring break. His fellow students remember his fascination with dissection being unnatural and unnerving. It reminds me of Jane Toppin Mm -hmm. watching the fucking autopsies. Yeah. Super into it. Dissection was his favorite. This was also the time he started his insurance scams. Although morbid, it was pretty fucking genius. Uh, Holmes would steal cadavers from the medical lab. 
disfigure them to look like they'd had an accident, whether it fall downstairs, carriage, what have you. He would then place the bodies in said scene of accident, then go to the insurance company with a claim for his deceased loved one and collect the cash. Now, think about this. Back in the day, I mean, how easy these types of things really were. All it took was forgery, Mm -hmm. maybe a stamp of some sort, maybe a seal. There was no real way to research these things. Mm -hmm. And uh, his, the last insurance claim he got in Michigan before he ended up bailing was $12,500. He was making money. And that's in 1800 money. Yeah. Which is so yeah. much, like eighteen, what, eighteen hundred dollars? Yeah, he's making money. <laughs> uh, he was also quite the womanizer. If y'all hadn't guessed that Weird. one by now, he started schmoozing the woman whose boarding house he'd lived in, promising to marry her. When he didn't, she filed a complaint against a complaint against him with the school, citing breach of promise. He said she was lying. He was totally acquitted. So when Holmes graduated a couple months later. He went to his professor and said, oh, yeah, by the way, everything that woman said about me, absolutely true. Deuces. Bye. And bounced. Mm -hmm. He was a cocky fuck. So after leaving school, he moved to New York, then Philadelphia, where he worked in a drugstore. A child died after taking medication he had gotten from the store. Holmes denied involvement but left the city immediately after. Everywhere he went, however, he had a scam. His new one was buying things on credit, selling them for cash, then bouncing. Needless to say, he moved around a lot. Um, I mean, he had creditors after him fucking everywhere, but that's why he moved around so much. He was a grifter. He was a con man. Right. Yeah. Above all, first and foremost, H.H. H. Holmes was a con man. Yep. He was a con a con man more than a murderer, I think. The murder yeah. just happened to fall into the cons, and I think it was convenient mm-hmm. and easy. Yeah. And the con was always the first love, I think. Oh, yeah. So this says in 1186, but that is incorrect. <laughs> that is a typo. Oops. I mean, I'd go to that year and be happy. But in 1886. Yeah. You would. <laughs> I would. If I could only time travel for vacation, I'd be so much happier in life. Mm. Yeah. It's dumb. If only we were going to Tombstone in the real In 1885, I'd be so happy. There would be... Shit would get weird. I mean, you guys wouldn't be treated super well. That's... Oh, oh, Randall. Uh, No, we'd own that town. Yeah. With our behindness. We already do oh, when true. we go visit. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but no, I meant it would get weird in the fact that the two of us would have a weird orgy with fucking Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp. <laughs> oh yeah, that would that would be real weird. It would get it would happen though. It would. We'd have to say we came from the far east with all of our tattoos. They'd believe that from me. Yeah, we'd have to make something up. Or they were drunk enough. I, I don't could say I lived in a harem. Yeah. Oh, we could come up with the best story and open a brothel, and oh my God, they would pay. They would pay so much. Atoy was the first female in, uh, I'm sorry, the first Chinese female in San Francisco. People would actually pay just to see her. Hmm. I want people to do that. I think we have a time travel racket. 
I need someone to get us there. Speaking of cons and con <laughs> men and grifters, I sense a new show. If only that we could I'm gonna I'm gonna write this down. I'm gonna pitch it to every network I can. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. I don't it's, know. What it it's is a past yet. life thing for me. Time traveling floozies? Like what are we I don't know. We'll figure it yeah, out. It but was, it's it, for me it's it TTFs? is a past life <laughs> thing. I have been in that many industry in many in a many past a life. lifetime. And I ran them bitches and I know I did. I'm real good at running people. Why do you think she anyway. is a wingman to this day? That's why she's real good fucking, at running ladies. She knew what she did. Yeah, I was I was quite the madam at one point. Anyway, <laughs> where were we? No, no, no. Go on. Oh, uh, in 1886, he met and married Murda Belknap in Minneapolis. Her parents were wealthy, of course. They moved to Inglewood, a neighborhood or suburb of Chicago. Their daughter, Lucy Theodate Holmes, was born there on July 4th, 1889. He took a job in a drugstore there working for Dr. Elizabeth Holton. Um, Dr. Holton's husband was dying of cancer, so Holmes, of course, saw an opportunity. He became her right-hand man, and he started making payments, buying into the business. When Dr. Holton's husband died, the payments stopped. Dr. Holton was pissed and threatened to cut business ties with Holmes. Then Dr. Elizabeth Holton vanished. Um, when authorities asked about it he said that she had been distraught over her husband's death and that she had moved out west to be with her family and she had signed the business over to him completely so they were like yeah makes sense got it okay good sure why not cool have fun with your good job yeah good luck with your new business business was good and when the empty lot across the street became available he jumped at it he had a plan with his wife's money, of course. The deed was in his wife and his mother-in-law's name. He was going to build a mixed-use building with retail space, including a new pharmacy on the bottom and apartments on the top. He called the project The Castle. In 1892, he decided to add a third floor because the World's Fair was coming to Chicago in 1893, and he saw dollar signs. Mm -hmm, like a fucking cartoon. So construction started in 1887, the castle would be 50 feet wide, 160 feet long. It would have three stories and a basement, would take up half a city block, and have over 100 rooms. Holmes. Not that big. Right. <laughs> Holmes <laughs> would also be the architect and would show his plans to fucking no one. Nope. He didn't pay his suppliers and fired any worker that asked questions. Most workers didn't last more than two weeks. There were 500 laborers that worked on the castle, and he wouldn't pay most of them. He would get out of paying them, accusing them of shoddy work. Uh, he was sued a few times, but being the con man he was, he played the shell game enough and was able to hold off creditors until they would just fucking give up. My favorite was when he would, um, like, he put things in his wife's name mm -hmm. and her mother. So he put shit in Myrna's name and her mm -hmm. mother's name. So when creditors and these fucking contractors would come after him, he'd be like, sorry, bruh, not my business. You got to talk to my wife or her mom. Bye. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because legally, he wasn't wrong. Right. 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 He's like, that's not in my name. Nope. Dick. That's not yeah. my business. Oh, yeah. 
It's like, I'm just the man. I'm just running these things, but it's my wife's money. Yep. So, mm. in, so in 1889, a carpenter named Benjamin Peitzel joined the crew. Holmes took a liking to him and trusted him, so he offered to make him a business partner in an insurance scam. But see, he's going to fill you in on that how that turned out. Oh, absolutely, I will. Uh, so now it's time to hire staff for the castle, and I'm going to preface this by saying that all employees of the castle had to take out a $5,000 life insurance policy on themselves. Yep. All of them. Uh-huh. So... In 1891. Red flag. Right. Just after red flag, after red flag, (laughs) after after red flag. flag. In 1891, Ned Connor applied to be a jeweler in Holmes Drugstore. He and his wife, Julia, and their daughter, Pearl, moved into the castle. Julia was tall. Six feet, actually. And pretty. Holmes hired Julia to do the books. Not long after, Holmes and Julia started an affair. Ned turned a blind eye until Julia got pregnant. Mm-hmm. He then filed for divorce and left Julia and Pearl with Holmes. To smooth things over, Holmes offered to sell the original pharmacy, the one he had conned Dr. Holton out of, to Ned. Ned accepted. It was a super lowball offer and then learned that the pharmacy came with debt and creditors. So Lots of both. Holmes was like, yeah, I'll give this to you really cheap. I feel bad. I just, you know, we're in love. I'm sorry this happened. Take this business. Ned's like, all right, old, old chap, let's do this. Fine, cool. I'll take your offer. Buys it for super cheap. And then creditors are knocking on mm-hmm. his door. Yeah, and here's here's the part where it's like, at least in what we're talking about right now, many discrepancies have mm-hmm. already popped up just in this one paragraph alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I read was that, you know, Holmes sold it to him and was just like, and you don't even have to worry about it. I'm going to give you a raise mm-hmm. and I'll just take the difference out of your paycheck. So you'll still be getting paid your $12, whatever. Uh, I'll raise it to 18, but I'll just take the rest as payment for buying this pharmacy, mm-hmm. this jewelry store, this fucking building, whatever the fuck you're doing. Yeah, it, was it the could pharmacy. be literally anything. Yeah, it was the doctor. Depending Holton on where one. you look. That's yep. So <laughs> here we go. It was a pharmacy in some, it was a jewelry counter in others. He had it. Well, so what he took from Dr. Holton was mm-hmm. a pharmacy. Yes. Which back then it was probably considered a like a drug, drug store. store. Yeah, he did the same thing when he moved the business into the castle. Mm-hmm. It was just bigger. Yeah, so it had a jewelry counter. It probably had a little lunch counter. Yeah, it had all of those things. Yeah, all it the just necessary really, accoutrement. Yeah, yeah, it just really depends on where you look and who's writing it up. Yeah, it just sounds like what? the one with Doctor Holton might have been a little on a smaller scale. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) yes, creditors. Holmes got tired of Julia, and he told her that he would marry her if she had an abortion. Julia refused at first, but then on December 24th, 1891, she said, okay. She put Pearl to bed, went with Holmes down into the basement, because he was going to do the procedure himself. Uh, Julia and Pearl were not seen again. That winter, Holmes hired a man named Charles Chapel 
He was a skeleton articulator. He took Charles to a room on the second floor where there was the body of a woman. According to his later testimony, Charles said the body had been skinned and he assumed that since Holmes was a doctor, maybe he had been doing an autopsy or something. Holmes paid Charles $36 to strip the flesh and prepare the bones for articulation. Holmes had a new business going. Um, the skeleton was sold to a Dr. Pauling of the Hanneman Medical College and he bought it because he thought it was unusual to see the skeleton of a woman so tall. Six feet tall. Mm. So, in 1892, the castle was completed, and he moved the drugstore into the ground floor. His personal office was on the top floor, and he rented out the second as a boarding house for single women. You see what he did there? Right. So, one of his first boarders was a woman from New Orleans named Pansy Lee. She was a widow that had been traveling the country and was looking to settle in Chicago. Holmes learned that she had kept her money in a false bottom of her trunk and offered to keep it in the store vault for her. She politely declined and vanished shortly after. So I'm assuming y'all see how this is going to go with his new space. It was at some point during this time he traveled to Boston under the alias of Henry Gordon. He met a young lady named Minnie Williams and he pursued her after hearing of her recent inheritance. Her rich uncle in Texas had died and left her land. Ever the con man, he charmed her. Holmes proposed... Minnie accepts and announced that she's moving to Chicago. Her sister Anna thought it was going a little too fast and was like, girl, nah. Holmes persuaded her to sign over her property in Texas to a man named Alexander Bond, which should be surprised to no one was one of his aliases. Or, depending on where you look, was the alias that Benjamin Peitzel used. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. They wed in secret, but there's no record of it being legal at all, ever. Uh, needing to hide her from his other wife, Murda, he put her up in an apartment as opposed to in the hotel. Holmes invited Anna, Minnie's sister, to Chicago for the summer to go to the fair, but I'm sure Z will tell you all about that, too. I am going to. Uh, Holmes somehow managed to, t- to keep Murda out of the way most of the time because you don't hear a lot about her. Uh, once the stores open, he met another woman, this time at a department store in Colorado. Her name was Georgiana Yoke. His type was young, blonde, and pretty, and she was. He met her under his alias Henry Mansfield Howard. He told her he was a wealthy landowner, saying his uncle in Texas had died and left him property in Fort Worth, which actually had belonged to Minnie. Uh, they were married, legally. Kinda. January 17th, 1894. After the World's Fair, they took a trip to Texas. And what happened to her after that is unclear. Shocking. Weird. And Z is going to take over from here and give you H.H. Holmes part. Duh. Here we go. Here we go. So, again, like we discussed earlier, when you think of America's first serial killer, the image that you probably conjure in your brain is Evan Peters as James March from American Horror Story Hotel. Hot-ass H.H. Holmes. Oh, shit. Uh, So, yes, again, he was based on Holmes, 100%. Yep. And like I said, it's quite possibly his best work ever. It was. Uh, What you may not realize, however, as Dee already said, H.H. Holmes was much more than a flamboyant, murderous psychopath. 
He was a con artist, a fraud, and a bigamist. Yep. Uh, with his less than humble beginnings, Holmes had already laid the groundwork for his bullshit future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which was to become the infamous castle, which was the physical manifestation of his evil. Yes. So, Holmes had purchased a lot across from the drugstore, where he built the three-story block-long castle, dubbed by those in the neighborhood. Uh, it was opened as a hotel for the World's Columbian Exposition, 1893. Uh, part of the structure was used as a commercial space. Just recapping, uh, he had placed various false and misleading ads in the paper in order to lure people, especially women, to the castle. Some of the ads were actually, like, hey, I'm a hot, rich, single landowner. You should come fucking marry me. Not kidding. That was literally ads that he put in the paper. Like, hey, girl. So it was kind of like... That's how people... Tinder. It was. And it happened, it happened a lot. It's not... I've heard of it before. But there it's were just really funny that sections it. of the paper that were for that specifically. Yeah. I mean, it was like... It was like the... the their version of online dating. There yeah. were a lot of men widowers or, uh -huh. or what have yeah. you looking Take you know they've ads. got all these kids they live wherever they live and everyone around them is married mm -hmm. they would put ads in papers and women would do the same yeah. thing almost like a mail order situation it's exactly what it was like you're like hey i've never met you before but it sounds interesting we're gonna write to each other for yep. a month or two and yep. then i'm gonna get on a train and we're just going to be married for the rest of our lives. Yeah. No, that's exactly or, how it did work. Or until one of us dies of the consumption. Yeah. That's how it did work. Yeah. And, you know, that would have been real easy pickings for him. Oh, absolutely. And that was not a bulk per se, but a, probably like 50% of the ads that he put in the paper were like, yeah. hey. Yeah. And a lot, the Rich, other, I mean, the other half. Wealthy widower, wealthy yeah. landowner, seeking wife to go blah, blah, blah. Happened yeah. all the time. I don't think he ever mentioned that he was married in any of these things until people asked personally. Yeah. Um, the other ones, he would look for secretaries. Uh, yes. So it was about 99% of the time women that he was after. There were a lot. There was oh, yeah. there was the one girl I left out because I just got so fucking sick of it. There are too many. There are too many. Ermelin or Irma. Emmeline. Emmeline. I'll talk about the, her. Good, you got her. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. So there was there was just so many. I was like, okay, this is getting fucking ridiculous. And some of the names yeah. are yeah. not even. It's like they're talking about the same person, but the names are different. Because in my story, when I'll get to it in a minute. Uh, one of the sites I read, her name was not Annie Williams, not Anne. Her Minnie? name, no, her sister. Oh, her name was Nanny. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> and some people are like, it was her nickname. Some people are like, no, fuck you. That was her actual name. People, it's Who knows? crazy. So, in some accounts, when he married Georgiana, Minnie stood as witness. Some, and then other ones I saw, no, Minnie actually died during a botched abortion. Well, Julia died under the premise of getting an abortion, but did she? Like, it's, it's, yeah, there's it's so much, it, it's, it's, it's a clusterfuck. Which it's is why so we both want to go back in time and punch this guy straight in the dick for just making this way too difficult. Well, yeah, because, you know, we don't <laughs> want to give falsified information. But... 
But it's just so hard when you're researching and you're trying to fact check. Like every single site you go to says something else. And you're like, fuck me. There's literally three facts to this entire story. Which are cool. I cool. Will get uh, to his them. birth date. Okay. And his name. Okay. The his... date he died. Okay. And his legal marriages. Okay. <laughs> Which technically was just the fucking one. I mean. Because after Clara, none of those were legal because he was never divorced from her. He was never divorced from her. So but he none still of married them. Georgiana. That one was legal. That's on record. It may be on record, but it's not legal if he's still married well, of to course someone it's else. Not legal. It's so. on record. The marriage to Minnie is not on record. No, I will get there too. Right. So first, I'm going to talk about the hotel. So again, purchased a lot across from the drugstore, built the three-story block-long castle, which was dubbed by the people in the neighborhood because back in the day, that was a pretty fucking ordeal Mm -hmm. to see a three-story block-long building. Uh, It was opened as a hotel for the World's Columbian Exposition, 1893, part of it used as commercial space, ads, blah, blah, blah. The ground floor of the castle contained, aside from Holmes's own relocated drugstore, various shops, jeweler, pharmacy. The upper two floors contained his personal office. The second and third floors, as well as the basement, uh, were where all of the nightmares began and numerous lives allegedly ended. Uh, and this is just a list of things that were documented and found in the investigation. Um, so there were various trap doors, hidden rooms, angled, disorienting maze-like hallways, chutes that led down into the basement for dumping bodies, and alleged secret hallways that led to nowhere. Now, those secret hallways that led to nowhere also very well could have been just random storage closets because it's reported that Ned mm-hmm. Connors would sleep in them sometimes. So they didn't really, it's not the fact that it was like, hey, there's this weird creepy hallway that goes nowhere. Well, it also could have just been a fucking storage closet. Calm down, the police. Fair. So, I mean, they were like, well, everything else is real fucking creepy. Why is this weird door here? Right. It's kind of, so the murder castle is essentially the dude version of the Winchester, the Winchester Mystery yeah. House. Yes. Because... Here Except we go. with gas with chambers murder. and weird shit. Uh, so, trap doors. To confuse living people. Yes. Yeah. Well, to trap them. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Kill them. Namely women. Like a. He preyed on women. Like a, like a sideshow, like a fun show house. Yeah. Fun house. You know, whatever. Mirrors. Fun show house. Why? I like it. Uh, the rooms were soundproofed. Oh. Uh, He built an airtight bank vault where victims would be trapped inside and asphyxiated. Some rooms were fitted with gas lines uh, that were meant to asphyxiate victims while they slept. Other rooms were reinforced with metal plates and gas-powered blowtorches to burn victims alive. All he had to do was flip a switch and these people would literally be incinerated. Um, So in the hanging room, chloroformed victims were hung until they died. Uh, each floor was set up so that if someone moved around, an alarm would sound that only he could hear. So, like, in his office, he could hear it if somebody was, he's like, oh, motherfucker. Trying to get out. Coming for you. Stop doing that. Uh, what, there was a room that had no windows or doors, and it was only accessible by a trap door in the ceiling. So Holmes would drop someone into the room, shut the trap door, and let them starve to death. Fun. 
Um, bodies were moved through the hotel via chutes and dumb waiters to keep them hidden from prying eyes. Um, in the basement, corpses were dissected and stripped of flesh via pits of quicklime and or acid. Mm. Or by using one of the two furnaces or people-sized ovens, depending on where you look. Either way, same thing. Uh, the bodies were then either turned into articulated skeleton models or sold for parts. Money. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it's like, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie I Sell the Dead yeah. with Dominic Moynihan. I've only seen some of it because I fall asleep every time I try and watch it. It's a good movie. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's probably the voices in that movie. I'm just like, ooh, sleepy time. <laughs> maybe um, you can watch that tonight when you get home. Maybe. You can actually get some sleep. Uh, but so it's like these two guys, they, you know, grave rob, murder, mm-hmm. sell the bodies. Yeah. That was pretty much what it was. Uh, there were some reports later of medieval torture chamber-like devices, you know, like the rack, yeah, whatever. Stretching device, mm-hmm. supposedly. Oh, do you have there. a Judas cradle? Well, so. they, some people reported that that kind of stuff was found in the basement, but nobody were, really fucking they were knows. allegedly <laughs> exaggerations and lies put in by the papers for like sensationalism, which mm-hmm. honestly, do you need it? Do no, you, it's like, hey, this guy. Yellow journalism? Something like that. It's like, hey, this yeah. guy already has a fucking gas chamber hotel room, but you know what? It's not quite enough. I think he had a <laughs> stretching rack. I don't, I don't know if he did. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't. But, and that, and like, I wouldn't have been surprised to find something like an Iron Maiden or something somewhere sure, in the castle. Sure, sure, sure. But, right. also, really just it's conjecture and a lot of people later on were like if you go back in the actual police reports that you can find mm-hmm. nothing is nothing is so said of big... anything like that it was all in the newspapers right. which again people are like what else is terrible that right. we can put in here right. just for fun to sell these fucking papers which and i'm sure you'll get to it but there were body parts found in the basement correct oh i get there yeah don't you worry um, about it so i mean he was killing them but i'm really kind of curious what his mo really was we don't know how he killed them uh-uh. he didn't have you know whether it was some some kill- serial killers or strangulation some stabs some bludgeon what have you poisoning with chloroform who the fuck knows it, he wasn't that kind of killer he was from from everything i've listened to so far very experimental oh yeah there I were a think, lot of experiments yeah. that yeah, went on a lot a lot but you know that was his love of dissection he right. fucking loved it so it he wasn't been. bringing babies home cuz he had killed them he was bringing babies home because he wanted to work on them right at home and that's kind of the point is like he you know if all of these different ways to kill people existed in this hotel Mm -hmm. then experimenting on how they affect Mm -hmm. the corpse uh anything like that could very well play into why he did and he strikes me as a gasser sure he doesn't necessarily (laughs) strike me as someone who would get his hands bloody or dirty i don't know I mean, he it, strikes me as someone who likes to cut them open and look at them afterwards. Yeah. Not someone who likes to do it in the first place, which is why the hotel actually feeds into that theory really mm-hmm. well. Right. Because the hotel if does it for him. Yeah. He, yeah. The, and he the gets killing's done. Part. He just gets to take care of the body afterwards. Right. You know? Right. So, it's a, yeah. 
And again, now this is just more wild conjecture. All, this entire <laughs> everything is conjecture. Yeah. So that's yeah. the thing, guys. If you're sitting here going, that's not how it happened. We guess don't what? Know. Nobody knows. Nobody right. knows. Nobody the, knows. The only person that knows is H.H. H. H. Holmes, H. H. Holmes. And he's fucking dead. So we'll get, we're going to get there too. I am <laughs> eventually on the way. I'm on the way there. Yeah. Oh, did I? Oh, no. Okay. That's for later. Uh, <laughs> I forgot that I put this part here. I smell good. You really do. Okay. <laughs> I know why she smells good because she's wearing my lotion <laughs> and it smells really good. Well, while this is a topic, I'm going to put some stuff on my face. Okay. Do it. So, um, got some loche. Some loche. In 1895, the murder castle of H.H. H. Holmes was almost completely gutted by a fire. Was it arson? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> That's not the point here. God damn it. We're so sick of fucking H.H. H. Holmes, Exactly. Dude. And at this, that was literally, I wrote that. I'm like, who cares? Uh, the building stuck around until 1938. And 10 out of 10 would, though. Oh, absolutely. Just saying. Uh, so <laughs> the building was there until 1938. It was finally torn down. As of now, the Inglewood Post Office is standing in its place. Right. The only building more fitting to take the place of a literal hell on earth, aside from the post office, would be as if they had turned it into the DMV. Like, nothing, the only thing more fitting to sit on that land would be the DMV. Correct. And the post office is it's the good next second. best. It's, 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 a, it's second. So I'm like, yes. Makes sense. I don't know if you did that on purpose, Chicago, but God I don't know, a bless mediocre it. brunch spot might be pretty fitting, too. <laughs> good. God. I don't know too much about like Chicago neighborhoods or landscapes. I'm not quite sure if Inglewood is a brunch area. Yeah, I don't know. But the post office seems fitting. Sure. Fucking but if it had been Earth. a DMV, I would have giggle shat myself. You would have you would have haunted bunk beds giggled. I would have. I yeah. really it was it's and pretty I've, funny. I've known that it's been a post office for a, a long, long time. time. That's one that's one more true fact that it is now a post office. Right. Um, on a fucking post office. I'll bet it fucking is. I bet is. it is. Um, I bet it is. There is no question about that. So, and now, on to the murders. The murders. So, this is going to be broken up into a couple different sections. Because there, there are more rumored and debunked murders mm -hmm. than there are murders that are be able to... You can pr that you can actually prove. Like I said, he killed between two and two hundred people. It just depends on the fucking depends source. Depends on the source. He himself on who you ask. said it was twenty-seven, um, but he himself is a motherfucking liar. Yeah. So you said you guys were. Oh, you know what? I don't want to spoil it. I'll I'll get there. Don't yeah. worry about it. So these are some of the rumored murders, and here I'm going to read you a list, and then three of the more well-known ones. Go. So. This is a list of rumored people that he murdered. Emily Van Tassel, who was sometimes referred to as Edna Darby, Rosine Van Jessand, Anna Van Tussaud, or Roma Van Tussaud, which, mind you... There's some serious names. Again, depending on where you look, this is all the same fucking person. Right. Oh. Yes. So, that is that should just give you a very good overview of... Of the bullshit we went through when researching this story. Again, yeah. everyone, we did this because we love you. Because we both got into this story and wanted to rage quit at least a thousand times a day. Because it took that. us over a week to even 
finish our section. I finished this today. Yeah. Because I, I finished had to mine stop. Yesterday. I had to I was stop. Say, you were up real late, weren't you? Yesterday. I had some horseshit. Oh, that, that was me. Oh, was, okay. But that was also, I was working on Ed Gein. Oh, that's I was working too, on, like I was working on H.H. H. Holmes and Ed Gein at the same fucking time. Yeah. It, but it's like H.H. H. Holmes, sure. Absolutely great story. Everybody it's it's a big one. He's iconic. And then we started picking at it and we're like, oh fuck me. Yeah, when she told me that she's like she's like, Yeah, I'm working on it. I've got some breaks today. Uh, I've got a few hours where I can finish working the story. I'm like but I mean, if we had to reschedule, I'd be okay. I I mean, I wouldn't be mad. I mean, I can probably finish it today. But there's I mean, no way we. If could've. you need to, so it's a good thing my neck went out. If we need to reschedule, I'm so. She's like, no, no, we can do it. It's fine. We'll get. It's we we got this. I'm like, bitch. I don't know if you realize what I'm saying to you. I'm saying I've been sitting in front of my computer for like six hours, and I'm about to set myself on fire. And that's the problem too with this story. We're both we're t- we're texting each other like this is some bullshit. Yeah, I've got like, like so many sources already. Like I can't even stop. I was like, girl, you just got to pick a vein. I was like, bitch, and write I it have. out. Write it out. Just pick that one vein and go with it. You have to stop cross checking. Just no. Take I'm like, one and go. I was like, girl, I went in one vein, and then I was like, yes, this is great. And then I went to another place that was already in sight. And it contradicted and it was like, literally everything what? you wrote. No, that was bullshit. I'm like, I hate everybody right. and everything I know. right now. And even the people that call bullshit, they don't know. Nobody, Nobody knows. knows. That's the thing about this. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. So, go on. This is our version. This and is- it's it's the best one. You're welcome, everyone. So, you're wel- this is it. This is, we are we are it. We are going to publish these 13 pages We're going to trademark them. Uh, <laughs> and they're ours now. Hey, and Bella. you need to defer to us and cite us as your sources. Obviously, we are experts. Clearly. Um, so, again, rumored murders. I didn't even write the debunked murders that were like, absolutely not. Cause right. You, f- fuck you. Go on the internet. You find it. Because <laughs> it's, have fun. Have you fun. look for it. I've got my sources. You dig through all 75 of those, and you find it yourself. Um, another, uh, back to the list, Kitty Kelly is a rumored murder. Mm-hmm. Harry Walker. George H. Thomas, a.k.a. Thomas Gregson, uh, John and Elizabeth DeBriel, Mrs. Gilbert, in quotes, for whatever fucking reason, sure. Harry Graham, Mr. Beck, Mabel Barrett, Kate Gorky and her daughter, Mr. Clark or Mr. Chasey, both in quotes, Jesse and Mary Brunswiger, Robert Phelps, R.B. Phillips, Peter Verrett, quote-unquote, Mrs. Lee, Mary Harakamp, Carrie Sanford, Anna Betts, uh, Misters Latterman, Underwood, and Rogers were all rumored. And the more well-known three rumored murders by H.H. Holmes, Tom. So when Holmes was an 11-year-old boy, his childhood best friend was Tom, who was a little bit older, fell from the landing of an abandoned home that they'd been exploring. Some people believe later on that Holmes actually pushed him off this building. Um, an unknown boy from 1885. That would be in New York. Yep. There are a few articles out there that say Holmes's first victim was a young boy that had been traveling with him when he left Moore's Fork, New York. And he said that, no, he went back to his home in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Some speculate that it was his son, Robert Mudgett Lovering, but he was very much alive. So this remains a rumor as there is no solid proof 
that has ever been found or substantiated about this boy. And almost everything that we're talking about. Yes. And then the next, probably number one most rumored murder was that of Dr. Robert Leacock in 1886. So Dr. Robert Leacock was a classmate and co-conspirator of H.H. Holmes. Uh, In his eventual confession, Holmes wrote of Leacock, and this is a quote, The first taking of human life that is attributed to me is in the case of Dr. Robert Leacock of New Baltimore, Michigan, a friend and former schoolmate. I knew that his life was insured for a large sum, and after enticing him to Chicago, I killed him by giving him an overwhelming dose of laudanum. Um, by subsequently taking his dead body from place to place in and about Grand Rapids, Michigan, as he began, or no, as he been so other, or has been so other printed before, sorry. Uh, as the rumors go, Holmes allegedly murdered Leacock for the $40,000 life insurance policy he had. However, Holmes is not known for his honesty, as we have said 816 times. He is a liar. And Dr. Robert Leacock actually died in Watford, Ontario in October of 1889. That would be the Canada. Yes. And like I said, he struck me as a gasser. And he said that he overdosed him with laudanum. Mm -hmm. He strikes me as a gasser. So, those are the... Rumored well, and I murders. Think, well, I don't think. I know. So what they did was at the time that this whole debacle came into fruition where him getting arrested and the castle burning down, they're like, oh, my God, look at all this shit. What they did was they went and they went through and found everyone that went to the World's Fair that had disappeared and they just pinned them on Holmes. Mm. as possible victims. Yep. And there were quite a few people that went missing. Some say that was his plan all along. That many people congregating in that one area. I mean, it was it was easy pickings mm-hmm. if that was his goal. Um, so they were like, everyone that went missing, they were like, yep, nope. He did it. Possible suspect, probable suspect, or victim. Thank you. There it is. That's what I meant to say. So now... These are technically assumed murders because there is no concrete proof per se. Of anything? (laughs) Well, no, not that. Because the next part is the actual that could be confirmed. These ones are like... We've technically never found a whole entire body, so we can't say whether right. or not this right. is that person because it's fucking 1880-whatever, and we don't have forensic science. Yeah. We can guess, but we really can't say. But it's most likely true that he killed these people. Yeah. But, he did keep some trophies. There were well, belongings yeah, but, down in the basement. I mean, they were like, oh, that belonged to so-and-so. And, and I'll, I'll get there, too. Yeah. But again. Right. So, the first assumed murders that can be attributed to Holmes are Julia and Pearl Connor in 1891. Mm-hmm. So, Julia Smythe Connor, her daughter Pearl, uh, were believed to have been some of his earliest victims. Uh, Julia Pearl and Ned Connors had moved into the building not long after. It was when Julia began her affair with Holmes. Ned discovered the tryst and he bounced. Uh, Julia and Pearl stayed in the hotel and maintained her relationship with Holmes. Christmas time, ni- or 1891, 
Julian Pearl disappeared. It's uncertain exactly how they died, but there are a couple of theories. Holmes himself stated that Julia died during a botched abortion. Some say that he forced her to overdose on chloroform. Julia's body was never found, but it is believed that he sold her remains to a medical school. And there are lots of people out there that say, no, he didn't. And then there are some that say, of course he did. So again, you don't fucking know. Right. Calm down. It's believed that he did that. Uh, no one knows for certain what happened to Pearl Connor, though the most widely accepted theory is that she was poisoned. Uh, when the basement was eventually searched, there were bones that were discovered that were thought to have most likely belonged to Pearl because they were children's bones. Child sized. Yeah. Um, the next assumed murder was that of Emmeline Sagrand in 1892, the following year. His secretary? Yep. Emmeline was another of his secretaries and mistresses. Uh, she had been poached from her previous job with the promise of a 50% pay increase. Mm -hmm. Benjamin Peitzel was actually the one that found her and yeah. brought her to Holmes. Uh, she found herself falling for Holmes, who had told her that he was the son of a lord. Uh, after being head over heels for him, and despite a marriage proposal with the promise of a European honeymoon, uh, her mood suddenly changed, and colleagues stated that she had become silent and withdrawn and sullen. Um, Sagrand later commented that she was sure Holmes could get along without her if he had to. Um, somebody had said, because she was going to Chicago, or she was leaving Chicago to go home for Christmas, and a friend of hers was like, oh, Mr. Holmes will never be able to get along without you. And she's like, I'm sure he could if he had to. Mm -hmm. So, again, going home for Christmas, possibly for good, she wasn't sure. Um, she seemed to have gone home without saying a word to anyone, and when asked about her absence, Holmes simply produced a typewritten wedding announcement, which was very uncommon for the time for it to be typewritten. They were all um, embossed. Mm, okay. Um, so the wedding announcement was just done on a typewriter, which is real weird. The wedding announcement read, Mr. Robert E. Phelps, Miss Emmeline G. Sigrand, married Wednesday, December 7th, 1892, Chicago. Some you say- fucking weirdo. Uh-huh. I some, see he used one of his aliases. Yep. Some say that that was one of Holmes's many aliases or that of Benjamin Peitzel and that he had coerced Sagrand into typing the announcement herself before she disappeared. The announcement even managed to show up in her hometown newspaper on December 8th, though her family knew nothing about the marriage. Uh, a woman who had grown close to Sagrand during her time in Chicago, Mrs. Lawrence, later testified that she had seen Holmes and a Patrick Quinlan moving a heavy trunk out of the building not long after Emmeline Sagrand disappeared and that she was convinced the young woman's body had been inside of it. Uh, while no one is certain how Emmeline Sagrand met her demise, Holmes later stated that she had also perished following an abortion. However, many people believe that she was suffocated to death inside one of the vaults in the castle. Uh, during the same basement search where Pearl Connor's bones were allegedly discovered, investigators also found hair and bones that they attributed to Emmeline Sagrand. Wouldn't surprise me. Not at all. And then Minnie and Nanny Williams in 1893. Because if you remember, all of his employees had $5,000 life insurance policies. Mm -hmm. So he was killing them all and just raking in the dough. Mm -hmm. Yep. So Holmes met Minnie Williams, a wealthy orphan, in Boston sometime in the 1880s under the name of Howard Gordon. 
Uh, naive and eager to please, many ended up signing over several of her own real estate holdings to Holmes, as well, in, as, well as giving him control over her finances. So she and her sister were orphaned. They were already rich because of the inheritance mm-hmm. that their parents had left them. And then, the and uncle then their died. uncle, had also, who had cared for them, left also them the left them even Texas. more. Like, even more. They had a lot of property between the mm-hmm. two of them. Um, so... They moved to Chicago in 1893, where the pair were supposedly married, although there's no record, which is probably quite intentional on his part. Yes. Minnie's sister Nanny came from Alabama to visit and her uh, to visit her sister and new husband shortly after they were married and seemed to have a great time. They even actually went to the World's they Fair. They went to the fair together, all three of them. Uh, Nanny disappeared first, and Minnie followed soon after. Their bodies have never been found. Although, in a search of the castle, authority f- authorities found Minnie's gold chain that she was, like, it was known that that was hers. Like, she wore it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they found it in the charred ashes of an oven, along with some buttons from a dress that may have belonged to Nanny Williams. Uh, some say that Nanny was also left to suffocate in one of the vaults after signing over all of her properties to Holmes. Scratch- How did he get them to do that? Uh, scratch marks were reportedly found on the inside of the vault, meaning that whoever had been inside had desperately Tried attempted to get out. To get out. Mm-hmm. And now, these are the only murders that were ever proven to have been done by this motherfucker, H.H. H. Holmes. So over him. The only... <laughs> so over out him. Of, out of the 20, 27... 200 murders, only four have legitimately been proven. Between two and 200. And these are them right now. So, <laughs> all four of them. Here you go. You're welcome. So, Ben Peitzel in 1894. I'm ben sure Peitzel was a friend and quote unquote business associate of Holmes. Peitzel, allegedly a small time crook himself, was essentially a pawn in Holmes's games and was even called his creature in the eventual trial. Goo. Uh, Holmes convinced Peitzel to commit insurance fraud to the tune of $10,000 and fake his own death. Uh, Holmes stated that he would supply a body to the medical examiner in order to collect the money and give Peitzel and his family their share. That old chestnut. Yeah, no. Peitzel agreed, and to make sure nothing went wrong, the men informed Peitzel's wife, Carrie, of their plan. Unfortunately for Ben Peitzel, the body that Holmes intended on supplying was and always had been Ben Peitzel's. (laughs) In a statement, Holmes said, I intended to kill Peitzel and all my subsequent care of him and his family. Uh, Steps were taken to gain his confidence. I knew he had a family who would later afford me additional victims for the gratification of my bloodthirstiness. So Holmes killed his friend by rendering him unconscious. Chloroform. He then That's his uh, MO, man. Mm-hmm. He then allegedly forced Peitzel to swallow embalming fluid and set him on fire and made it seem like an accidental explosion. Okay. Uh, Holmes convinced Carrie Peitzel that her husband was in hiding and to continue on with their insurance scam. She sent her 15-year-old daughter Alice to identify the body in front of the insurance company so that they could... She's like, that is absolutely my father's body. They're like, great, here's your check, goodbye. Um, so with that, the insurance company did issue the check to Carrie Peitzel. Things then became a little bit dicey for Holmes, considering the widow Peitzel knew the whole thing was a scam. 
and she was expecting her husband to come home to be alive somewhere so they could go meet them and start their new lives over with some fucking cash. Right. So Holmes convinced Carrie Peitzel to send two more of her kids, um, 11-year-old Nellie and 8-year-old Howard, out to him in Philadelphia and noted that Carrie and the two remaining children, uh, the oldest child, Desi, and the infant, Wharton. Wharton? Uh, Wharton. Okay. What the fuck is wrong with the names in the story? You know, it's the 1800s. It's 1890-something. Um, Wharton? Wharton. Um, huh. Walt. So, nope, Maybe Wharton. Walt. Wharton Peitzel. So he was like, you keep those two, I'll take these, because if we all go as a big group, it will look too suspicious. So we have to okay. break. We have to break up. You send me these kids. You take those, and I will keep you abreast of the situation. Eh. And we'll go. Eh. Uh, we'll all meet up with your husband and part ways. Fair. That was his plan. So again, split up. I'll be reunited with Ben. Yeah, she would never see Alice, Nellie, or Howard again. Nope. She so, sure wouldn't. Alice, Nellie, and Howard Peitzel. For two months, Holmes managed to keep them, or he managed to keep Carrie Peitzel on a wild goose chase. Uh, he took Alice, Nellie, and Howard traveling with him all over the fucking northern United States and Canada. And he would inform Carrie that her husband Ben had just skipped town whenever they'd arrived, wherever they were going. Yep, he He's like, oh, we got here up. and he just fucking bounced and now we're going to go here. That's where I think he's going to be next. At one point... Carrie Peitzel was actually just a few blocks away from her children. Oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, Holmes locked Alice and Nellie inside of a trunk, drilled a hole in the top, ran a hose attached to a uh, gas line into the trunk, and suffocated them. Yeah, he's a gasser. He's a gasser. He buried their bodies in the- He didn't get bloody. No. Uh, He buried their bodies in the cellar of his Toronto rental property. Uh, as for Howard Peitzel, he was poisoned, dismembered, and had his remains burned in a rental home in Indianapolis. Uh, Detective Frank Geyer said of discovering the bodies, The deeper we dug, the more horrible the odor became. And when we reached the depth of three feet, we discovered what appeared to be the bone of the forearm of a human being. Some of Howard Peitzel's teeth and bits of bone fragments were found inside the chimney of the Indianapolis rental house. Also... Just a little FYI. Georgiana Yoke had been traveling with Holmes the entire time. Mm. She was kept unaware of the goings-ons, and I don't believe she ever had contact with the children, as it stated that she was staying in a separate location from the Peitzel children. Yeah, he liked but to she keep was everybody there. real separate. She was there. So... It's a, it uh, maintains control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He was literally juggling one of his... Sister wives, uh-huh. three children, him like physically yeah. himself, and Carrie Peitzel and her two other children. Yeah. At this the same guy. time, running this Show fucking game. scam. Show game. So he's busy. Show Very. game. That, busy, that's busy, what I'm saying. Dude. He's a first and foremost, above all, he's, he's a, a con, con artist. He's a he's con man. Fucking good at it too. He I don't mean to give re- him credit, but no, he's that's why I said he's a brilliant con. Oh, man. Yeah, that's why I said gruesome well, as it was. He was Fucking brilliant. Yeah. Until. Mm. So, Holmes was arrested in Boston on the 17th of November in 1894. Dun, dun, dun. Not for the murder. Boston. Not for the murder of anybody. 
Oh my, no. He was actually arrested for an outstanding warrant for horse theft in Texas. Oops. Super random, right? Well, police were already suspicious that he was behind the death of Ben Peitzel, but they had no way to prove it. That is, until a criminal by the name of Marion Hedgepeth stepped in. Now let me back up for just a second and explain. So. Please do. Don't you worry. I'm on it. (laughs) Holmes, much like Al Capone, was initially arrested for the crimes that he became synonymous with. So it was actually his arrest for insurance fraud and the horse theft in July of 1894 that led to this discovery of his more depraved deeds. Uh, Holmes had legged it to Fort Worth, Texas, after the third floor of the castle had gone up in flames. You see, the insurance company he had a policy with had to investigate the building to check for possible arson. He fucking burned it down. Standard procedure. Yeah, he set his building on fire. They were not buying the fact that it was an accident, so Holmes dipped. Why Fort Worth? Well... He now had properties out there thanks to the Williams sisters. Thanks, Minnie. That and apparently the unbridled urge to steal a horse, I guess. Uh, Maybe he needs <laughs> to go back to animals. I don't, I don't know what he was doing, but that... But so there's no, there's no I don't, reason for it that you n- found. Not that I found. I mean, and trust knows, me. He probably could have just... Trust me, I looked. Gone, I know been, you did. been in a saloon, gotten drunk, and hopped on a horse. I'm taking a fucking horse. I'm taking I'm going to win for a carriage. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, I see a horse. I'm going to take it, right? So anyway, he was arrested probably in... Probably fucking wanted... Like, con someone he's into not getting in a car. A, no, oh, he no. probably con somebody in a fucking card game in a bar. Right? And they came to and realized, oh, that dude stole my fucking horse. Right? Like that fucking guy. So, he was arrested in St. Louis, Missouri for selling mortgaged goods Uh uh, later in July 1894. He was quickly out on bail, but while he was in jail, he struck up a conversation with a felon named Marion Hedgepeth, who was serving a 25-year sentence for train robbery. Um, He told Hedgepeth that he planned to fake his own death in order to collect the $10,000, which is about $269,000 today. Is he running out of people to kill? Why is he going to fake his own death now? Why the fuck not, though? It's a a new thrill. Well, yeah, and if, you know, they're investigating or they, he thinks they're going to get too uh, close to the castle, he's like, yeah, I'm dead. Yeah. I'm dead. I'm going to move on. I'm going to be somebody else. And you could do that back then. It was now... To, in today's monies, like $269,000 for an insurance payout. For whatever reason, Holmes promised Marion Hedgepeth a $500 commission or finder's fee if he could recommend him a good lawyer. Uh, Hedgepeth quickly suggested a young St. Louis attorney named Jephtha Howe. What? You heard me. Jephtha Howe. J-E-P-T-H-A-H-O-W-E. Jephtha Fucking names Howe. in this one. Yep. I could have written more about him. I didn't. Yeah. So, as we know, the scheme to fake his own death didn't work out for Holmes, but he switched gears and tried again with Ben Peitzel. Uh, Hedgepeth was pissed that he hadn't received his money. This was months later. He's been sitting in jail waiting for this fucking $500. Which is probably going to get him out of jail. Uh Uh-huh. So, he was pissed, and he decided to tell the police about Holmes' scheme to commit insurance fraud. Uh, And, mind you, Marion Hedgepeth had no way of knowing that Ben Peitzel was a thing. He was in jail. He didn't know. He just knew that Holmes was planning on doing this fraud in his own name. Right. So he's like, hey, this fucking guy 
told me about some shit. I think you should know just in case. And the police were like, interesting. Oh, bet. Let's fucking go. Right. So they tracked Holmes down and arrested him for the outstanding warrant in Texas. Afraid of having to go back to Texas for sentencing, Holmes confessed to the theft and insurance fraud, but not to murder. He told the authorities that he and Ben had come up with the plot, but Peitzel had killed himself before they could carry it out. So Holmes alleged that Peitzel had staged the death, right. his quote-unquote suicide, according to Holmes, to look like an accident since the insurance company wouldn't pay out in the event of suicide. And it was later found that uh, chloroform had been administered after he had been set on fire. So that's fun. Carrie Peitzel was also arrested and sent to jail for her part in the insurance fraud because she knew the whole thing. Right. Just not that her husband was actually dead. Dead. So Holmes also claimed that Alice, Nellie, and Howard were all traveling together with his old pal, Minnie Williams. Uh And they may have been in London at this point. So it would have been a pretty solid story had the police not been retracing his footsteps at this point and discovering the bodies of the three Peitzel children. Uh, Upon upon learning that the bodies of the Peitzel children had been found, Holmes allegedly said, well, I suppose they'll hang me for this. Oh, Uh, oopsie. Holmes was tried and convicted of Ben Peitzel's murder in October of 1895 and was sentenced to death. Although Ben Peitzel's murder was the only one he was convicted of, it was accepted that he had murdered his Ben Peitzel's three children as well. Right. While in prison, Holmes was offered $7,500, which is 230000 in today money, mm-hmm. by Hearst Newspapers. He was a rich man. Oh, yeah. he was. They were like, here's $230,000 to write your story. And let us publish it. Yep. So naturally, he agreed, and the outcome was not what they had expected. Uh, The confession was full of misinformation, lies, and blatant madness, with Holmes claiming that he had been possessed by the devil. Yes. Uh, There were murders confessed, too, where the alleged victims were still very much alive. In his rantings, he confessed to 27 murders and six attempted murders, but no one knows for sure which stories were true and which ones he made up just for his own fucking entertainment. Yep. The disappearances of the Williams sisters, Julia and Pearl Connors, and Emmeline Sagrand technically remain unsolved to this day, as their bodies have technically never been found, though they were long ago considered murder victims of H.H. Holmes. Um, before his death, he made the odd request that his coffin be buried 10 feet deep and encased in cement, as he was concerned about grave robbers stealing and dissecting his body. He was real worried about that. Irony. His odd request, by the way, was indeed granted. Yeah, they did that. And on mm. May 7th, 1896, Holmes was hanged at the Moyam and Singh prison. Day before my birthday. A.K.A. Philadelphia County Prison. Uh, he was said to be relatively calm and exhibited no fear beforehand. And his alleged last words to the executioner were, Take your time. Don't bungle it. Mm. Well... Holmes's neck didn't break when he was hung, and he ended up strangling to death. He wasn't pronounced dead for about 20 minutes after the initial gallows drop. Oh, so he that's was, a long one. He was up there struggling 
for about 20 minutes before he finally died. Yikes. And just one more time, bring it on back. I was born with the devil in me. I could not help the fact that I was a murderer no more than a poet can help the inspiration to sing. I was born with the evil one standing as my sponsor beside the bed where I was ushered into the world and he has been with me since. Amen. And that is fucking H.H. H. Holmes, y'all. That motherfucker. But there's just one more there's thing. Just one little one thing. More thing. Just one. Just one, one little thing. Interesting thing that I wanted to bring up, and I asked Eddie. I'm like, are we? Are we gonna do it? Are we gonna fucking talk about it? I said, absolutely, we are. Was Holmes Jack the Ripper? No, he wasn't. He sure wasn't. But but <laughs> but. But. He is considered one of the most promising suspects to be the identity of Jack the Ripper and his own great-great-grandson, an author of a book, Bloodstains, Jeff Mudgett, believed that his great-great-grandfather could have been Jack the Ripper, mm-hmm. and here's why. So, to start with the obvious, Holmes did have medical knowledge. Which we have already established, so boom. Yes. Uh, A 2006 composite photo of Jack the Ripper was created by the BBC in Scotland Yard, and when compared to a photo of Holmes, there is a bit of a resemblance. However, literally every man looked like that in 1891. Most of the men around that time generally looked a lot alike, just like the Portland hipsters of today. Bowler like, hat, big stash. White dude with a fancy high collar, a fancy stash shirt. Yes. I would absolutely not be able to pick one out of a lineup because my attacker looks like all of them. Yeah. They, they did. all Which one was it? All of them. They yeah. look the fucking same. So when I looked at the comparison photos for myself, I say fart noises. Fair. Um, Fair. The eyes are completely different. Right. The face shape, it's We'll post these, but... Yeah. Uh, one of the more compelling bits of evidence, though, in my opinion, was a handwriting analysis. Okay. So, in 1888, the Central News Agency of London received the infamous Dear Boss letter that was allegedly from Jack the Ripper. Uh, Jeff Mudgett sent in a known handwriting sample of Holmes's, and the report found that there was a 97.95% chance that the Dear Boss letter had been penned by H.H. H. Holmes. Oh, wow. However... Handwriting at the time was very similar. And there was another the handwriting analysis that was done just a couple years ago for another American doctor who was there at the time as well. Mm-hmm. And his handwriting analysis was 99 point something. Which now that I think so, about it. The hold handwriting on. No, no, style. No, no, no. no, no. There's, is... there's a thing. I will. Yeah. I no, literally just realized something. So I will. Do you go on? Hold, please. So Holmes had ties to Jack the Ripper's Whitechapel stomping grounds. His college friend and partner in crime, Edmund Buckley, was from a wealthy Whitechapel family. Holmes even had a recorded residence in the area during the time of Jack's reign of terror. Which is interesting because there weren't wealthy families in Whitechapel. Whitechapel was the slum. It was the poor area. It was where all the Jews and prostitutes and where the slums were the tenements um again taken with a grain of salt there are no records of Holmes being in chicago during the time when jack the ripper was actively killing because his records were in fact overseas uh the census had been recorded and he had a property in that area 
So, Jeff Mudgett claims that Holmes reportedly wrote detailed information regarding the Whitechapel murders, to an extent, in an an unpublished diary of his great-grandfather's. Now, and the thing, the connection that I just made, um, so Jeff Mudgett has this actual diary from his great-great-grandfather. He has never released any of it to the public because murders unsolved murders are never closed cases and he's like just in case any law authority wants to take a look this is technically evidence now what i read said that holmes trained an accomplice for these murders so now I'm thinking, what if it's the other doctor? Holmes and that other fucking doctor were working together in Whitechapel cuz Holmes what he was doing over there at the time aside from, you know, selling bodies to right. medical schools or whatever, right, right. he was committing more fraud. And there was another weird thing about him like attracting these women, wealthy women, and killing them for some kind of youth serum. I didn't want to get into it. Too much. I it's literally, too much. I literally, literally read literally too fucking much. I read that sentence. I'm like, I don't, I don't have time want anything to do with it. I don't have time for this right now, but apparently he was working on another con and had an accomplice to, dis- he was using this accomplice as a distraction so he could do whatever the fuck long con he was working on. I'm definitely going to have to look into that. And by the way, that will be another Patreon episode, so we're not going to touch too much into that. No, that was literally all. Um, I do find that fascinating, though, Mm -hmm. because H.H. Holmes, his M.O. was not bloody hands. No. So whoever killed those women in Whitechapel had no problem getting bloody. It had to be somebody else. So maybe. It had to be somebody else. That was nowhere near his M.O. Two fucking American doctors, maybe. That's really interesting. Could have been that the other guy killed, and then exactly, and that's I think we might have just solved something. We've solved it. (laughs) I think we did. It makes sense. H. H. Holmes is the brains. They both have handwriting analysis that matched. However, if you look at handwriting from the 1800s, it all looks the fucking same, and it's barely legible. Yeah. So is it possible that Holmes sent this dude out to kill? Mm Hmm. He'd bring the bodies back. And then yep. Holmes well, the suffer. bodies were always there. All they took were parts. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't. I know very little about Jack the Ripper. Yeah. All the all the don't bodies worry. were we'll, there, we'll and they you. were found. It's in London, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just making sure I'm not crazy. I yeah. actually stayed in Whitechapel when I went to London. Yeah, Whitechapel's a lot different now, but Whitechapel was, it was, it was not. It was below working class. Um, it was a very small radius area. And that's where the Ashkenazi Jews, uh, the prostitutes, there were a lot of bars. That's where the streetwalkers. It was not a good area. It's yeah. where they put the immigrants and they just sort of kept them contained in a very small area. It yeah. was, it was, yeah, yeah. it was. Whitechapel was not where you wanted to be. Yeah. So um, Around what time? Or what? So 1888. Yeah, late yeah. 1800s. Late 1800s. This is about when the ghettos would have started forming too yeah. for the late Jews. Late 1800s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. So so that yeah. 
It's another interesting so theory now. It's yeah. our own wild conjecture. On well, we're going to have to everything. go deeper into that on another Patreon. Another fucking day. Jack's my guy. Jack's Jack is, um, he's one of my faves, which sounds awful and horrible and don't hate me for it. And, and we've touched on this briefly before when we talked about the shawl, which is a whole other thing. But Fart noises right. supreme. Jack the Ripper is one of those, I don't ever want it to be solved. Same. I mean, I want it to stay. I'm pretty sure we did it. I think we just did, though. So, (laughs) but like I said, we're going to trademark all this. We're going to become famous now because I think we just made a really, really strong connection. I we did. We need to alert all the media. Excuse me, somebody call Scotland Yard. (laughs) (laughs) They need to fly us out. I got their number immediately. Perfect. A beep boop boop boop. I got got Scotland Yard. I got Interpol. Perfect. I got MI6. Excellent. Torchwood. Yeah. That's from Doctor Who, but. Yeah, you know, no, I think we kind of call him. Let's email Jeff Mudgett. Let's go get on his show. We've met him. We We've did. met him. Have we? Yeah, I feel like we have because I know his name for some reason. Because he's before today. Oh, I'm okay. pretty sure we've met him at some convention. Eh, we might have. Anyway, so um, that was the clusterfuck that is H.H. H. Holmes. We that thought, yeah, no, guy. cool, great story. It's H.H. H. Holmes, iconic, cool. No. Fuck that! Fuck it all! <laughs> fuck that guy! Fuck it! Fuck me with a dull wooden spoon! Fuck that guy! It's, a, it's something it's, hard and sand it's a great papery. story, but it is all conjecture. You you uh. But we did a good job. You I, think, that, I think we slayed it. You making that dick pointment over there? No, actually, happening? I was looking at to see if I was friends with Jeff Mudgett on Facebook. I oh, thought okay. I was. I'm not. Um, uh, my sources. Oh yeah. Oh Christ! Were <laughs> thegoodmenproject.com, schmoop.com. Ranker, mm-hmm. Crime Museum, yep. Mental Floss, Allison Hirschlag, yes. Britannica dot com, Wikipedia dot com, hhholmes.blogs.plymouth, yeah. and Lore Podcast by Aaron Menke. Oh yeah, yeah, wonderful. Who could literally narrate everything, and I love his voice so 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 <laughs> much. All right, he um, could narrate everything for me ever. Here we go. <laughs> uh, History dot com. Wikipedia.org, biography.com, cliffsnotes.com. Cliff Notes? Yeah. Wow. Right? I know. There was actually some useful information there. It's probably from the book, Double it in is. the... It was indeed, but I also owned yeah. the book. White City. That is one of my sources. Right. Uh, murderpedia.org, crimemuseum.org, simple.wikipedia.org. Some of these I don't know how I found. Uh, Rabbit hole. It's real easy. Well, I'm pretty sure there were like many a hyperlink. It's a link within a link. Yeah, link within a link. And there's Um, there's a thousand pages on him. Yeah. Literally easy. At least. Uh, Legendsofamerica.com. My new favorite, just for the name of the website alone, murder, murder, murder (laughs) murder.com. Yada, yada, yada. And then ranker.com. Christina Sanza. Amanda Sedlak Hevener, who I love. Uh, Hannah Gillum, Maggie Clendenin, and Jacob Shelton. Top tens with a Z dot net. Samuel Theodros. Listverse.com. Dwayne Wesley. Mental Floss, the same article. Mm-hmm. Allison Hirschlag. Uh, MysteriousChicago.com. Adam Selzer. All that's interesting.com. Andrew Lenore and Annie Garau. Martin Hill Ortiz.blogspot.com. Authored by Martin Hill Ortiz. Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. Crimeandinvestigation.co.uk. And fucking finally, the 13th floor.tv by David Ian McKendry. God damn, you guys. Just so you know, 
And that wasn't even how all much of the we love I you guys, at. and how hard we tried Just to bring you as much true <sighs> and factual information as possible. And this was the hardest story that we have ever put together for y'all. So, in terms of research, you better fucking yeah. like it. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> If you don't like it, you don't say really anything. You worked really hard on this one. Tell us how much you loved it. Just say nice words because literally I think every other paragraph, one of us was ready to just set Rage ourselves quit. on fire. Rage quit. So, so many, I'm just like, I, don't need, I can't look at you right now. You fucking bastard. Yeah, so yeah, I just so. have to say, fuck you, H.H. H. Holmes, you sexy motherfucker. Right in your fucking hot face. Super hot. And he was young when he was doing all this shit. And hot. Right? He was <laughs> He young, was. hot, rich, unfortunately s- a fucking psychopath. Eh, yeah, no. No, he was... He was, he was he, a bad, bad man. He wasn't crazy, but he wasn't fully sane. Yep. Nope. I will tell you that that is not a crazy man. I mean, he knew the difference between right and wrong. Obviously, he just didn't but, care. So I'm pretty sure he was a sociopath. He's a sociopath mm-hmm. and a narcissist. Oh, 100 percent a narcissist. 100 percent sociopath. He wasn't crazy by definition. No. He wasn't insane. He wasn't. I'm still sticking with. He wasn't fully sane. But uh, that was a cold, calculating motherfucker, and he was smart. He was smart. He gave none fucks. None. Nary a fuck. And unfortunately, he just... I'm sure it would have gotten much, much worse had he not stolen a fucking horse. Well, here's the thing about con men. It's (laughs) like, you know, do they ever stop when they're ahead? Never. Right? And that's another thing. So many people believed that the police were in his pocket and he had paid them off Mm -hmm. and that the person that actually was hung was not H.H. Holmes. However, However. Jeff Mudgett also thought this of his great-great-grandpa for quite a while and he convinced a judge to exhume H.H. Holmes's grave. Which they did in 2017. They because absolutely his, did. Very recent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just a couple so years they, ago. Because he was convinced that he fear. was still out there. His, Holmes's greatest fear was that was he'd be exhumed. grave robbing and having his body dissected. Irony. 2017, his body was exhumed and they tested uh, DNA from his fucking corpse yep. and matched it against Jeff Mudgett's and they're like nope that's your fucking great that was 100 percent that is that is H.H. H. H. Holmes in that grave mm. so so that theory can be put to bed yeah one of the many things that Christ you know he's he's like a just like a ghost man he's just mm-hmm. he's you know you just can't quite pin him down you can't shake him so that was it y'all that was uh Patreon part two and the clusterfuck that is H.H. H. Holmes. He was exhausting. Y'all, he that, was it's exhausting, done but it is done. Thank fuck. Nobody ever, ever has to say, you guys should do H.H. H. Holmes. Never, never suggest that. Because <laughs> we done done it, and it was a lot. He was, he was extra as It fuck. hurt my brain. He was too fucking much. And I think, you know what? That was just a little H.H. H. Holmes coming 
coming back from the grave being like, all right, ladies, you want to play with me? Let's play. He's like, oh, yeah, you think you got this? Guess what, motherfucker? We done did it. We did do it. And we did it well, and I think we might have solved the Jack the Ripper case in the exactly. process. So we I need to so. contact somebody. Like Scotland Yard, call them now. I think that we need to be on a show for our theory. I seriously, no, seriously, I want to, you, you, I love sleuthing. She does. You know me. Yeah. I will go to Whitechapel right goddamn now, and I will sleuth. Don't you threaten me with a good time. Oh, God. We, but seriously, I want to, I really want to look into this. Yeah. And see if we can truly tie these two together. No, I'm into it. I'm. If you try to steal my idea, I will send there a only, demon after you because are, I can curse you. There Don't are steal my idea. Only twenty of you, and we will find out which one of you did it. We'll it's find not out. Be that difficult. No, we'll we'll figure it out. If we can weed through the bullshit of H. H. Holmes, we can figure out which one of you did this. Don't steal our ideas. We'll fucking hex your asses. We can. But now this is a new thing that we're going to do for a future Patreon episode. Hey. Yep. Our theory. And then we're going to become famous. I think we I think we just struck gold. Nailed it. Nailed it. All right, y'all. Well. Oh, Christ. Our I, patrons, we love you. We, we appreciate do. you. I hope you really enjoyed this as <laughs> much as we hated putting it all together. Yes. <laughs> but it did come with a sense of satisfaction. You oh, know, it, it was a lot of hard work, but it, the, the, the fruits of our labors, I think, turned out really fucking good. And I, I hope you all agree. Yes. And I hope that you appreciated it yes. and enjoyed it as and much as we hated putting it together. It's just some heavy fucking hitters on this Wednesday for y'all. We've got fucking God AJ Holmes. we got Bobby Mackey's. And we've got Ed Gein. What those, are some, <laughs> those are some happy birth anniversary to, to us. us and to y'all. So that our, fucking said... Till next time, y'all. Hexes and hoes, y'all. Hexes and hoes, y'all. Bye. Bye. Fuck Mwah. you, H.H. Holmes. Fuck you, H.H. Holmes. And Bob Cranmer. Yeah, fuck you, Bob. Something sandpapery right in your faces. Fuck I'm fucking rub my nuts on your house, Bob. And on your grave, H.H. Holmes. And on the fucking right? post office. Yeah. Rub my nuts all over that, that post, post office. office. <laughs> fuck that post office so hard. Oh, my God. I'm going to make that thing sore in the morning. Let me tell you. Just like Z tomorrow. Hey, yo. Hey, oh, getting guys. dicked. I got a stretch. Getting dicked down. I got a, I got a stretch. I need a Gatorade. <laughs> all right, y'all. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.